Steelers with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell at the sideline, across midfield. It's a foot race, and Keaton Mitchell has gone. And Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches, throws. It is caught. Did they get the timeout? Drew McCoy. Finn, all kinds of time. Gonna take a shot deep middle. What's going on, everybody? This is Chris K from Burning the Red Shirt Podcast alongside Andrew P. Katz. Uh, talking bowl season, uh, maybe some off-season stuff, transfer portal, the typical type things that you hear right now. Uh, and I, what I would consider one of the best weeks of DFS. I think if you were going to do your rankings of, of uh, slates, this week is awesome. We have three to four games. One of them always starts during the workday, which is great. Where does this week fall for you in terms of DFS and, and just college football in general, Andrew? It's so condensed. Um, I feel like last week was a little more my speed from a DFS perspective in that we had a little, we had like a, a day or two of like really light and or nothing as bowl games try to dodge the the, the uh, NFL and, and holidays and stuff like that. So it felt like there was a little more prep time and for something that someone that doesn't really rely on uh, a database approach uh, whatsoever and kind of tracks down, sifts through information more or less like that is, that's more my speed this week. Yesterday was, was fun, even though like what an emotional roller coaster with all the, the garbage that happened uh, in terms of just injuries and players not playing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and today I have, I, I, like, I don't know about you. I have absolutely no feel for how the, the games are going to play out, even though they're all like super fun, high total and interesting. Like, I have really no leans on it or strong feelings about any of them. Tomorrow, I'm looking forward to a lot more, though, personally, just because I feel like I can, like, the the lineups are coming together a lot easier. And then, of course, I'm super psyched for Saturday from, like, a personal perspective with uh, with Aga and the playoff and that, that, that slate. Um, like, I'm just going to jam Ohio State, Aga stacks in uh, so that uh, – and just kind of let the the dust settle how it does from a DFS perspective. But overall, like that's going to be such a fun day. And I think even though we haven't seen any slates come out for Friday yet, I'm sure that'll be fun too. Uh, right. There's like three or four games. And mm-hmm. even though you've got like the random uh, Ohio Wyoming game, I think falling on that day, uh, there's like, it should be a fun slate as well. Yeah. That's the best part is that right now, especially you get games that matter more and like players that are actually playing, you know, I we're recording this live on today, the Wednesday, the 28th, but like, I think today is a great day of, of action. There's just a lot of fun players, I think, but there is some sketchiness because I read, uh, I was reading Mike's article and he said there's 53 scholarship players available for Arkansas. <laughs> so it's like, what the hell's going to happen here? And some other things like that, right? Like does UNC, how does UNC offense do, and they're priced pretty appetizing, you know, like Drake may at 7,800. If he was like 9,000, I probably wouldn't consider much of them, but at that price, it's very appealing. So I think they did a fairly decent job on the pricing of it all, but three to five games, the rest of the week here, then it caps off with the, like the, like you said, Saturday, the playoff stuff, some good, some good action. I, I will tell you, it's taking like three to four times as long to figure out like projections for each team because of like Western Kentucky has created PTSD for me. Like they're in the portal, but they play. So now I'm thinking like, is this guy going to play, you know, like, you know, Definitely. Arkansas has all these guys yeah. in the portal and it's like, 
wait a second. But luckily, depth charts have been easier to be, to to find this week as well, which is shocking. My, my spider sense was telling me that those Western Kentucky tight ends might play that night, and I spent way too long trying to figure it out, like sifting through tweets and depth charts and everything. And it, it was just that I think more than anything else, it was just that you didn't you couldn't find anything saying that they weren't going to play, and I was like, well, does that mean they're actually going to? Similarly to like yesterday, the only hint with Jeremy Singleton really was that the depth chart added an or to his name relative to the previous one. And I, I glossed over because that depth chart had so much shit going on, like in terms of, all right, three running backs were removed. Um, a couple more receivers were gone. Like, why was that the data point that I wanted to lock onto more than any other? Right. But so even though this is like this, this sleuthing aspect is my favorite part of uh dfs and like i want to go on a long uh not really a rant but just uh um whatever you want to call it at some point talking about how i think personally like my favorite part of uh dfs and college fantasy in general is almost thinking of it through like an etl terminology of the acquisition of information the processing of information and then the actioning on that information breaking it down into like a one to 10 rubric and thinking and grading yourself on how you are in each of those angles and where you can improve. Um, for someone like you that just relies on spreadsheets, it obviously doesn't matter. But for uh, myself, I, I don't know. I think that that's something that I want to give consideration to this offseason. Have you sleuthed John Rice Plumley? Because I need that's like the craziest thing of Wednesday the yeah. 28th action. Did you see the quote that basically makes it sound like he's still got something going on with his hamstring? I've seen quotes of him saying that. And then I watched, yeah. this is the crazy part of this is cr the crazy part. And one of my favorite parts of like bowl season mm -hmm. is that people are, they're sleuthing, they're digging. Somebody yeah. posted in the discord for Mike's CFF site um, and was like, here's a picture of the Georgia Southern locker room. I see 25. If you zoom in, is that Jalen White? And like, there's absolutely no way you could tell what jersey <laughs> name that was. Like, it was just a blur of blue. And like, in my head, I'm thinking, well, it looks like the correct length for White, but I can't tell. You know, like, it's like the, the CSI thing where they, they take the grainy image and somehow it becomes like digitized or whatever. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're doing here. That's where we're at right now, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, the fact that like Singleton was announced out on a pregame show and nobody else had any idea just Incredible. wild yeah it's amazing just wild but yeah Plumley is i think he could play and he's playing it seems like he's gonna play but like how effective right. and like how quick is he gonna pull it his hamstring yeah. so have you ever messed up a hamstring luckily no i did in like eighth grade once and like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just sucks, dude. Like, I don't, you can't, every time you try and, you try and run, you, you feel it. So, like, especially for someone who plays like he does, right? Like, outside of being a statue, like, at some point, you're probably going to aggravate it again. And then who knows what kind of drugs they shoot him up with, right? All that shit that uh, NFL quarterbacks get, where all of a sudden they're back, they come out at halftime. Like, that's already happened to him like two or three times uh, in the past three or four games. So if I had to guess what will happen, it probably, I mean, why wouldn't it be more, more of the same if he's still dealing with it? Yeah. I, I watched this interview and he didn't really 
he made it sound like he was improving, but of course yeah. he's improving. It's been like three and a half weeks. So like, right. of course, but like to what level is he actually healthy? Um, who knows? But is there a particular game you said tomorrow or Wednesday or I'm sorry, tomorrow, the 29th, you're excited about the action. Is there one specific game that you're. Well, even thinking? though the, so it's three games, right? There's the Syracuse, Minnesota, Texas, Washington, and Oklahoma, Florida State. And they all, I think, have opt-out components. And they all have ways. So there's pivots for all of them that are, like, pretty obvious, I think. But question is, so like, where do, how do you match your the, the studs that remain with which pivots? And the pricing is such where no matter what, you can't jam everything in. You probably have to take um, risks. So... It's a, I think it's a, it's fun just think about it from a strategic perspective. Like there's probably less to do in the way of actually, or at least, I mean, who knows with bowl season, right? We could always have more people get uh, rando injuries and opt-outs at the last second, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But with the with how things lie presently, I think that the board is fun in the sense of trying to figure out what what lower salary plays you want to lean into versus. Uh, which studs you, which studs you want to prioritize? Yeah, Oklahoma. It's weird that even with Bijan not playing, it seems like just based on uh, Vegas from a team standpoint, from a spread standpoint, from a prop standpoint, like it seems like things still favor Texas, generally speaking. And they, like I, I don't understand why Washington is supposed to struggle with them and why that they shouldn't be able to just do Washington things. What was the line when it opened? It was, it got up to six. It's down to three and a half now. Uh, but I just I don't understand why Texas is. Are, are we just doing the Texas thing where we give them? points? I think we're doing the Texas. Texas thing. Yeah, because okay. I don't. It's not like Quinn Ewers has been that great, right? You know, like is he still in your lineup? I took him out. I took. I was. <laughs> I, I, I would have talked you out of it. There's no way I would have let you. Do I that. took him out. Yeah, in the bull bash, I have a. My, I'm. Just, I've got a great start. And I, uh, what do you have? What do you have going on? Like, no, what have you, what has given you your great start so far? Did you play Frank? I played Frank. Of course I played, nice. I've played a bunch of running backs that have just been like really solid. So like I played Braylon Allen. Um, so. I played like Chris Brooks was super cheap and was good for me. Um, let's see here. I had played Taylor green from Boise. Um, Damien Martinez is like my one bust. And that was just cause he got hurt. But otherwise, like Corley, Nathaniel Dell, Jermaine Brown, Jalen Hall, like Jordan Curley, all like pretty solid to really good games. So you, I don't play, have... you played Corley and Hall, but you didn't play Reed. Mm-hmm. Well, because Hall was so cheap. I was like, mm. I, you know what I did do? I considered playing. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll just say it out loud. I'm doing it again with UNC. I'm playing Pazer and Antoine Green. Oh, fine. at one point I had a Dylan Gabriel Marvin Mims stack and I was like, just because, you know, that all their running backs are banged up slash not yeah. playing. So I'm like, okay, well, Gabriel feels like a good play. So that means Marvin Mims is good. Right. But that doesn't, it's never like correlated in the past. He's always Marvin Mims has always been super sketchy, but yeah. you know what the best part about Friday is Friday is five games starting at noon. We we both have rooting interests on Friday. Hawaii doesn't play and Ugga doesn't play, right? So, yep. what? Who who are my Spencer Rattler in his quest to be oh, the number yeah. one pick? Okay, at three thirty, a great time slot. I guess. And in prime time, 
Bazooka Joe. Dude, that's nice. So we get some Bazooka Joe and Brew McCoy against Clemson. Um, do I want to ask you your thoughts on Dabo's NIL? I feel like, have you seen the quote that's popped back up from him that he made like five, six years ago, basically talking about how equating college football teams to a business structure in terms of their rise and fall. But the basic idea being that when you're no longer innovating as a program, you start to decline and then it's just over. There's no coming back from that. And the, the, it, the reason it's, prop, it's popped back up recently is it was like very prescient and forward thinking at the time. But now he is in that he is in that decline, that no longer innovating part of the curve. And like, why is he like? How can you give such a very introspective quote not that long ago and not be able to apply it to yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the old "do as I say, not as I do." Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he certainly has not kept up with the times, right? He's yeah. kind of like that offensive coordinator that was great, like Jimbo Fisher is was great. 10, 15 years ago offensively, and he's just literally doing the same exact things. So yeah. it's like, why do you expect this to work? Um, but yeah, Dabo is an interesting fellow. I think he's probably like the easiest guy for everybody to not like. It feels like everybody in the college football world is like, F that guy. We can all unite behind our disliking for him. Definitely. What's up with the, so you brought up the Ohio-Wyoming game, which is amazing. But did you see who, like, what the sponsorship for that bowl game is? It's Barstool, right? Yeah. So one of two things here. Did they do it because it's, like, so degenerate that it's awesome? Or was it the cheapest bowl game to get a sponsorship for? So they just did it. Definitely both, right? They Last year, the game wasn't played. That was the one where Boise uh, just decided they weren't going to play for right. So the game was mm-hmm. canceled. And this was historically the game that did not have television. And you, me, and Zach wanted to like run it through our, our pod from a like we wanted to. We would we would have been I would have been okay running it like doing a, the streaming of it for the people, right? Um, I think it would have been a good opportunity for us. But yeah, historically in the past, it didn't have television. I don't know what it has this year. Barstool, I don't think it is on TV. Barstool is doing like, I feel like I've seen that they will be doing their own stream for it. But I wonder if that's the exclusive stream for it. Like you need to go to some Barstool uh, link to actually see the. Uh, I think Barstool. so, because every other game on ESPN shows like even like CBS, right? Like, so they're yeah. not just not showing competitors, but. It says in the same spot. It says uh, it says barstool. <laughs> so, <laughs> I imagine they're using this to try. I just don't think there's gonna be that. It's like when people are like, "Yeah, you got to pay fifty bucks per Hawaii game." It's like, yes, there are people out there that will pay for it, but it can't be that many people that'll that'll pay for a, a high, especially a... with other games on. Do you think they're? I wonder if they're charging. Um... Like I would, I would guess no, but who knows? That game, I mean, it would be interesting if Rourke was healthy, right? Uh, but and if Wyoming didn't have another mass exodus of the program, uh, akin to last year. But like, what is like that game promises to be truly just horrific. Yeah, it's it's a team uh, a game total of forty two, and Ohio is seems high negative one and a half or minus one and a half. Yeah. But we got some competitive games. I think this Clemson-Tennessee line is pretty bad. As much as I love me some Bazooka Joe and uh, Brew, I, I, the minus four and a half for Clemson feels pretty low, right? 
it was higher, and I think they lost some key players uh, to the draft and opting out and stuff like that. I could be wrong, but I feel like I, I saw it in the past creeping up to like six and change, six near seven. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest the biggest game total of the day. Everything else fun. is in the forties or fifties, so yeah. that'll be a that'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Pre New Year's Eve, get us ready for uh, Saturday with the playoffs. Are you surprised that um, Will Anderson and Bryce Young are are playing in that game? Kind of. I'm, I was when I heard that and Gibbs when I heard that they were all playing. I was trying to think back to what has happened with Bama in the past, and I feel like. I mean, I could be wrong. I feel like that that has not always been the case, that Bama uh, players entering the draft have not always played, but I could be mistaken there. And, the, like, well, usually they're in the playoff, right? So it's like a... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. All, all, they're not... Only JSN opts out of the, the playoff. Uh, but, um, yeah, generally we don't have this conversation uh, surrounding them. So I guess there's not too much of historical precedent with that team. What I'm interested in, though, is if... When props start to come out for them, I we I assume we won't get any read into it in advance, but doesn't that feel like a scenario where we could see Gibbs and Bryce just play a half? So that could be like a fun under opportunity. Yeah, I think um, they get the publicity of of you know sticking out with their teammates, but you know Bryce Young had that that quote or that piece of interview where it really he really sold it on like playing the full game like just, yeah i mean he basically just said like i'm finishing what i started I, you know i won't have another chance to play with my brothers that type of thing okay. so i don't it's certainly pop gibbs i haven't heard anything from will gibbs anderson is, gibbs's quote is made way more playing a halfy type deal it was something like i like at georgia tech i never like never got near a bowl game I want, so I want to be a part of that experience. Oh yeah. So he that, might, that, dude, I can see him not play. Cause maybe he's talking about just like being on the sideline and going through all the festivities, you know? Yeah. Let's do like a, let's give him a couple drives and then Jason McClellan gets 25 touches. Mm, that'll be really interesting. Did you hear um, Xavier Worthy's quotes? No. Speaking of quotes, they asked him if he was going to be back at Texas next year. And he did the old, one game at a time. He said basically <laughs> like, I'm just concerned. He did the Belichick. I'm just concerned. You know, I'm just worried about playing in Washington. That's all I'm thinking about right now. Interesting. Uh, the C2C guys do not like him from what I can gather on Slack. They think he's a prima donna, which I mean, it feels like that's pretty on pretty spot on, right? Yeah, he's a receiver though. It comes with the territory. Did you ever see that tweet that... uh Maybe Denny Carter, one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's the best. Basic, the, basically, it was a quick profile of each position, like quarterbacks, yeah. running backs, and receivers. And receivers is like like that type of stuff. Prima donna, dead on craziness. Um, but kind of shifting gears a little bit. Sam Hartman hit the portal on Tuesday. And the strong rumor, according to Pete Tamil, who is the most plugged-in guy in the college football world ever, says Notre Dame. You want my commentary on it? I yeah, that that pause was for commentary. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm why? I guess he. I understand why he wants to leave the slow mesh right after seeing what Jamie Newman's pro, pro prospects looked like 
Um, I think it's interesting that he coming into the season, he was very clear that this was his last season of college football. And now he's, he's back for more just in another uniform. So not hating at all on it. I think that as you receive information, right. About your future outlooks, you make, you change, uh, you update your opinion based on that. Right. So if it, if the idea is, Hey, I can make more money through NIL opportunities, stuff of that ilk uh, in college, than I would being a seventh round or undrafted free agent. It's awesome from lots of different angles, right. Um, for him, uh, for us, like keeping more talent where it, uh, in the NCAA, as opposed to, sitting on the practice squad in the NFL. So it's cool how it actually plays out. I mean, who knows? Like he was, dude, he could run the, the, the Wake Forest, the offense with his eyes closed. He was such a master at it. Um, I, did you, so our, our boy, uh, Clint Carlson brought up that he was like, like he was the star of one of the QB one episodes or seasons. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you watch those shows? Do you know what he's talking Not about? T- I know what you're talking about, but I don't typically watch those. True. Like I, it's not uncommon that just through conversations across our, our various social social media platforms, I like run into someone wanting to talk about one of these shows, right. Whether it's like last chance you, you or um, QB one or whatever. And I, I never watched any of that stuff. So I, like, I, I can't hold that conversation <laughs> with anyone. Um, but the idea with him, right. Is that he uh, like, he, he was part of some garbage high school team and just, was so good that he he turned them into a winner um but i don't know I, he's cool I'll, I'll root for him but who knows how it plays out in terms of uh, cff this coming year i don't know why i don't i don't think i'll necessarily be pushing him up to near the top of my draft board though yeah i just don't know if like notre dame has the stuff to i think it's a great spot from a personal standpoint yeah and definitely. from like a professional standpoint because he's probably going to make some good money there you know, good enough money there. And then he's going to, you know, this is kind of like the Will Rogers conversation that I've been pushing, but nobody's including Will Rogers is picking up is like, <laughs> are are people going to take you seriously at Mississippi state or at wake forest with that mesh thing? Cause that's all people talk about when they talk about Sam Hartman right now, but he's a much better player than that. So I would like the nerd. I think Notre Dame would be a cool spot for him. Um, definitely makes sense. You know, Tyler Buckner, I'm curious, you know, he's going to play the bowl game, it sounds like. And then it's like, okay, well, what then? Um, Buckner's going to play in that game? That's the rumor. That's what it, that's what it says on fan tracks. And I, I saw it somewhere else, too. Otherwise, they'd have to play a true freshman, I think. Oh, yeah, because Pine's, Pine's gone. Yeah. So uh, there was also a rumor, and I'm curious what Brendan Armstrong's waiting for at this point. But did you see... He's considering Oklahoma State. Yeah, but so that we've seen that. I forgot about that. Um, maybe maybe he's seeing how Gundy has been behaving lately and is having second thoughts about <laughs> that. But there's also the rumor of him going to NC State, right, and following his old OC there. Uh, so maybe he's just weighing his options. Yeah, maybe he's waiting to see what happens with uh, – because NC State's got a young quarterback that – Morris, is, yeah. Morris, that's yeah, intriguing – um, I always thought that like when someone said it, like Oklahoma State was an option, I was like, that makes dead seat like dead on perfect sense. He seems like if you took Spencer Sanders and put him in a mirror, it's Brendan Armstrong. Like that is the same player, just left-handed. Um, just straight warrior, 
taking tackles and concussions. Have you heard any rumors on Sanders? I haven't heard anything. I haven't either. I wonder, I have absolutely no idea where he goes, what he does. Like I still kind of, would you be that surprised if he just like, he's like, we never hear from him again. He does the old Jack Sears approach. <laughs> you can, I could see it. You have to put him on a milk carton. Where has this man gone? I don't know. I mean, like, what is his, what's his move? Like, what's the motivation, right? So he has one more year. He's played forever at Oklahoma State. Maybe he's tired of Gundy. So like, where, Yeah. what's he looking for? You think, you, know? he, you think he'd look for a system that maybe doesn't just put him in the hospital uh, every other week or whatever. Um, but... It's got to be power five, right? Yeah. On top of that. Yeah. You'd have to think if he wants to play a fifth year, he probably wants to push for the draft. So it's got to be a place that's going to like, like that kind of goes with the whole don't get injured every week thing. Maybe, I don't know, man, maybe like a Off. South Carolina or a pit or something. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, did you want to discuss your bowl game fiascos that you fiasco you've been putting on in the background? Reaching out. <laughs> I don't know if that's the time we could tease it. Um, I like it's. I, I just find it so di- it's so difficult. Well, not difficult necessarily, but it, it's always going to be challenging, right? To balance like personal and professional uh, lives and figure out when how all in or not all in you want to go when it comes to your career and stuff like that. Um, pushing for promotions, putting yourself in positions to get promotion. Like, do you really care about that stuff? Do you not? Obviously though, when, uh, if you're working for like a, um, a largest company and you're not seeing the kind of growth, uh, that you want from a personal perspective, that it could be frustrating, right? And you can take that out and channel that through various means, right? Try different things in your, uh, in your uh, in your current role, um, right? Try to add more sk- new skills, or sometimes you go out and cold email every single uh, bowl game, trying to attain one of those no-show jobs that uh, we know are so omnipresent across every single bowl. So, I I spent a couple weeks recently just trying to figure out the best way to get in touch with uh, every single bowl game and uh, find a point of contact, just uh, set myself up for an introduction, get time with an individual there to try to try and sell myself with very mixed results. Right. I think there I, I stopped when I got to the ones that, you know, like, okay, like you're not there. What's the point in cold emailing the, the sugar bowl, right there. That's right. Like a, a huge conglomerate. We're not talking about some rinky dink operation that just, funnels money up to a few people, which is what, of course, we all want, right? You want to be a part of that 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 upward funnel. We're talking about, when you talk about the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, you're talking about like a legitimate, or you, I would assume anyway, um, a more legitimate uh, corporate structure of sorts. So I stopped when I got to like the New Year's Six and, six and stuff like that, because I was like, this isn't what I'm really looking for. But it was, it was super fun and interesting going bowl by bowl, and uh, kind of a just uh, trying to create a, um, a spreadsheet of shorts of sorts because just being a former uh, accountant moving into a a marketing analytics role and just um, playing fancy sports all my life. I mean, of course, I uh, gravitate towards sport spreadsheets as a way for uh, kind of just uh, 
translating my thoughts into a, like a, a consumable way. So create a spreadsheet for every single bowl, try to uh, source a contact name, track the contact uh, when I reached out, uh, where I found their contact information and kind of uh, created my own, own uh, scale down Salesforce, if you will. Um, but yeah, the results were super mixed. I think I, I've heard back from um, maybe five or six at this at this point with uh, maybe three or four of them saying, hey, uh, this is our uh, busy time. We'll get back to us in like January, February, and we can like just have time to talk, which is really what I want. Like, I don't want to apply to some like uh, some operations job or some like some like, uh, I, I don't know what you even call it, like backroom job, right? I just want to get time with someone and kind of work my way up the, the food chain of conversation, sell myself and see where things net out for better or for worse. So just getting, uh, having the, uh, having in the pipeline, the, the idea of uh, a contact a month or two from now when the, the, when, when the bowl game runs its course, I think is a nice kind of a card uh, bullet to have in my chamber for, um later on it was so funny looking at like so first of all you start when you when when you and i mean by you i mean me and by me i mean probably only me because who else is doing this ridiculous <laughs> fiasco um start to go through every bull's website you notice a few different things one um they're all they all of course so many of them follow the same structure and layout because they're all just they're all just owned by espn they all put most of the people that are on the, the these staffs on these payrolls are just ESPN employees just getting additional uh, funds funneled their way uh, to do probably not very much. Um, so it's like, it's interesting seeing that play out in practice. Additionally, there's there's always uh, for the large percentage of bowls, there's always two sets of people affiliated with them. One set, right? The people that actually have probably for um full-time jobs doing different uh, operations, sales, accounting, et cetera, type role, HR type roles. And then you've got, I wonder if these people actually get paid. I would assume they do, but uh, then you've got the, the, the board members of the bulls and it's just, it's exactly what you, you would expect, right? It's these, these suits, these old, these old ass suits that just sit on the board. And I assume they just collect uh, money and revenue from the bulls. Right. And I mean, what do they really do? Um, it's like any other uh, sort of board member uh, type deal. Um, so, but, so you see that in every, every single bull as well. Um, so I avoided, uh, contacting the board members cause you know, you're not hearing from these people, but instead, um, if I found like an executive assistant or a, um, or, uh, if I couldn't find something like that, someone who's something like HR operations, or, um, if I hadn't absolutely, if I couldn't find anything like that, then let's just hit up the executive director, right. And kind of see how it goes from there. Um, I would do that as, as well. Um, it was, so I have tri uh, trivia for you. I believe there were three bowls out of the non-year six that didn't have, let me count here, four bowls that did not have real websites that just had pages for, um, uh, attached to actual websites. Um, if you understand the distinction, do you want to guess what they were? Of course. Um, hmm. Some of these are like real, like bowl games, just been recycled sponsors. So it gets weird. It's it's funny, right? Um, what about the ReliaQuest Bowl? Real, real website. Damn. What about? I mean, does the Barstool Sports one have a real website? It does. 
That actually makes sense. I know like the Mayo Bowl is way too big. No, so the Mayo Bowl, considering their social media presence and their like historical social social media presence and aptitude, I expected the best from them in the way of uh, website setup. They do not have a real website. They just have a extension page of the Duke's Mayo website, which I was extremely disappointed uh, with from the perspective of, so what I want, right, is I want the idea of having a real website is then, okay, I get a, a set of contact uh, contacts that are affiliated directly to the bowl. When you don't have a real website, all that I'm getting really is uh, stuff that links back to the Duke, to Duke's Mayo and not so much the bowl itself. So it's disappointing from that perspective. Um, but yeah, Duke's Mayo Bowl does not have a real website. So mm. that's one. So I would think Cheez-It Bowl is in similar way as the Mayo Bowl. Do they have a website? Um... That would be the not open. really no 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 they do not wild because they're another one that had like their presence yeah. is pretty good on social media so that's surprising Three. bad yeah. boy mowers pinstripe bowl correct is that they, another one they they link back to the Yankees which in turn should give you a good idea of a, another one that does not have a real website I'm gonna just let you tell me. I don't. I don't know. It's oh, the Red Sox one, the Fenway Bowl. Oh, the Fenway one, yeah. And then I'll tell you the last one. The one there's one tonight that's playing, or tomorrow or tonight that's at Petco. Is that a? Um, that's the San Diego that? County Credit Union Bowl. Maybe I missed that one when I was applying. Is that is that really what it's called? The San Diego County Credit. This is the one that used to be called like the. Um, with the flower. What was the flower? Uh, the poinsettia. The poinsettia bowl. Co San Diego County Credit Union poinsettia bowl or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so, I yeah, missed I that one when was, I was applying. I think that one's in, uh, that's played at Pe uh, Petco Park tonight. That's I think Oregon the holiday bowl is, isn't the holiday bowl played out there? I think so too. Yeah. Or is it still called? Yeah, oh, that is yeah, the, yeah, that yeah, is the so, holiday bowl. It is the okay, holiday yeah, bowl. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to the website now. So yeah, that one does have, that one is like the holiday bowl website. Um, the last one that does not have a real website, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. It just links to the Jimmy Kimmel's website. Or no, it just I'm, links to like uh, Sophie Stadium, SoFi Stadium, <laughs> LA Bowl uh, website. That um, one doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah, so I'm planning on hitting up some of these people later this month or in February. And then I'm probably just going to re email everyone that did not hit me up originally uh, again, or did not get back to me originally again. Cause why not? Right. Um, so I am that, uh, I am that uh, sales guy that you, that emails you that you ignore. Uh, I think. Are you, are you tenacious? Not really. Um, I'm also not very good. Like I, I feel like I've mastered so many elements of like the, of the soft skill and communication element of, life but anytime it comes to talking about myself i always find that like the hardest the hardest thing to do uh when it comes to just i don't know when you're when i'm just talking about the, the stuff that i do in the moment at work like i can just pivot on a on a dime and talk about anything but i don't know when it comes to just talking about yourself i always find that that's like the most that's the most difficult and challenging uh thing to do from like a, a, an on-the-spot communicative perspective and so that's good i'm trying to master a little more well, I think email is super hard to do that to begin with, but oh, I overanalyze everything when it comes to like, uh, like e emailing about like uh, through a job process. Like I'm up, like, oh my God, did I say like, is the sentence too, uh, 
too uh what's the word too formal too informal like i'll overanalyze every single element of emails when it comes to uh like trying to sell myself or apply for jobs and stuff like that well hopefully uh you get some good responses and at least learn a little bit from yeah these people these these things are so crazy the sponsorships i wonder what kind of like job security issues might come with working for uh because like the sponsorship unlike unless you're the all-state sugar bowl or one like the orange bowl right like they rotate so much it seems like yeah definitely um the security probably comes from most of them being largely just shell entities of espn right so you're rolling up to espn more than you are the individual sponsors for most of the roles uh presumably um so like do you do you remember it didn't they didn't have to do it this year uh but last year when espn had to create that a new bowl in frisco because there were too many teams or something like that like what do they do in that in that when it comes to appointing people to run that do they just pay some some of the espn suits some more money to do that or i wonder i wonder how that works probably something like that yeah they probably just say hey you're taking another pro or they just find the person that's contract says like they their responsibilities are xyz and also any other thing that we decide yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah. you can just roll them in there and make them do it for free but what we got anything else i think this one might be a short one because bowl games i think next week we'll have uh there'll be some reactions we'll be basically done with college football next time we chat we'll be almost in the off season mode crazy i mean i i'm ready for it i'm i'm ready to be uh done with the emotional roller coasters of letting my uh my my uh gambling my fantasy sentiments eat too much into my livelihood so off season i'll welcome it i guess off season is fun. I think off season is a, a good time too. It's just a different type of good time. I will say we'll have done like 44 episodes in one season. I'm pretty proud of that. I would have never guessed that we would, we always joke like, Oh, we won't. Why are we naming things zero, four, three and all that? Like there's no <laughs> way we make it to a hundred, but we might actually make it to a hundred. Dude. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's fairly apparent from the, the format of our weekly shows, but so much of it's just back of the napkin, back of the hand, right? That it's not like there we need to overcommit um, too much. The, the most challenging thing is triangulating the three of our schedules. But I mean, relative to what goes into maybe, and maybe this is why we can can barely clear 100 uh, listens a week, right? Maybe if we actually invested more time, the quality of the content would be such that we would drive more traffic to our um, to our listenership. But uh, so a little. Uh, it's so little is required from an investment perspective on our end that I think that the reality is that we can uh, create content that, um, I mean, what, what is the competition really? Right. Uh, so it's not like there, there's an oversaturation of, of content like there is with NFL. Uh, so we, I mean, depending on where we ultimately want to take things, maybe we think about things a little differently, but, yeah, uh, I'm happy personally with how things played out uh, this year and uh, from like a personal investment perspective, from a quality of content perspective, from a like just a mental livelihood perspective. So um, there, maybe maybe we reevaluate re a little bit in terms of what we want to do. Uh, but overall, I think it, I think it, uh, things played out pretty well. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. And I think 
the kind of low keyness allows us to keep it going. You know, like when you get super structured and like we don't have currently have the schedules to be able to like create all these like show sheets and things like that. And it just and, you know, maybe if Zach did a little bit more work on the the visuals and making things look good, we'd actually in the sound. Maybe well, there's that, and I also I also but... speak personally from the perspective as the only one of the three of us that never hosts. So I, I have no idea if you and Zach ever actually do anything. And I talk about back of the hand uh, being what we we do for the show, but I can really I can only speak for myself, right? I mean, what prep is there for me to do when I'm not asking any of the questions and kind of just reacting to the what you and Zach want to talk about? Well, hopefully uh, this this week of, I mean, unless you don't have anything else, right? Like we just kind of wanted to spitball some bowl games and tease a little bit of your conversations well, I, here. Let's, I mean, I, since we haven't gone super long, I have a theory that I'm workshopping right now. Uh, that basically stems from what we've seen with Western Kentucky the last couple of years. I'm trying to think of more examples as well with just, how awesome they were in their bowl games. And I'm trying to, try, I want to try to apply it historically and then apply it going forward as well. And I think tonight with Texas Tech's a decent example as well with when you have all this lead time and you have creative offenses, uh, creative uh, air raid offenses, like, do, you, do you think that the advantage for those teams is heightened? Uh when, it, when you get to the bowl game, like we saw in bowl game last year in the bowl game this year for Western Kentucky, like they just absolutely were unstoppable both mm-hmm. times. Um, right. We saw, um, I'm, I'm wondering tonight with Texas tech, you give Kedley a month to prepare team to get healthier. How, what is, how does that translate in terms of on, on field performance? I'm good. I, I initially wanted to fade uh, Shuck, and I, I bet I bet against his passing yards. I bet the under on his passing yards, just largely from the perspective of hey, maybe Morton gets uh, a percentage of the snaps, and then it auto hits type deal. And maybe that still happens. But I'm also curious, like you give him a month to prepare to come up, like come up with an awesome scripted set of plays and then just run with things from there. Like, does that translate on the field to just an unstoppable game plan? Uh, and I'm planning on, I think right now I'm planning on uh, largely running with him on, I think almost all my, my lineups. Um, who knows how it plays out, but I think it's an interesting consideration. Yeah. I think for one, you great point, creative minds with like three, four weeks to play with for sure are going to have a leg up because defenses only can stop what they've seen. They're not going to like predict what you might creatively do. And that's just impossible. Um, But I also think like motivation, right? Like Western Kentucky has had really good bowl games because I think they just genuinely want to be there. Right. Like they care about playing in some of these guys, like the transfer porter guys, they want to make sure they look good, you know, like, so I think there's a genuine piece of just, caring about being there i was telling one of my buddies yesterday um when i worked at the college football hall of fame they always hosted this chick-fil-a peach bowl event and for the first couple years i was there they were non-playoff games so like you know it was a bigger game but it wasn't that big a deal and 
you could tell based on like the festivities of the night, you know, like where they do like they play Madden against each yeah. other and then check out the museum and stuff. I could have told you who was going to win the game every single time, you know, <laughs> like who actually wanted to be there. So I think that's a genuine piece of it. Like TCU Ole Miss is stuck in my head. Ole Miss was way too cool for school. They like they did not want to be there. They just were waiting until they could leave. TCU's what about what about Greg Ward and Greg Ward against Florida State? That was Peach Bowl, right? Yeah, I think so. Houston won that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they came out hot, but yeah, same thing. They like I don't remember that one as vividly. I remember TCU like insanely, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean it there's a genuine piece of like if you care about being there, you know, then like you're gonna perform better just because you've prepared more you're there with intent and stuff like that so i'm curious to see how the the shuck thing works out for you yeah i will have some i don't think i'll go 100 percent though did you did you watch the western kentucky game uh last mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. did you see the dude that like in in the same vein as the the mockabee flea thicker did you see that play they called where they snapped it to the run back, handed it off to Reed. He faked a pitch and then threw it to one of the tight ends, and the tight end dropped it. I think so. They did a bunch of crazy stuff. Dude, that, Arbuckle was in his fucking bag that night. <laughs> I, no wonder he's getting that the the Washington State uh, job like that. That dude was called it an insane game. You think that they'll have the same type of offense next year? Like, because they're losing some different pieces. Um, it's a good question, right? Um, the idea, so he's the only name that's gotten mentioned relative to the offense in the last couple of weeks, but coming into the season, there was the whole thing. Weren't they like try offensive coordinators, right? It was him and two other guys. So presumably they try and retain at least one or two of them and keep the show, show on, uh, moving. Who, who knows though? Um, I think Reed reenters the portal though. You think so? Yeah. I think he could justify it, you know. He committed to certain coaching, you know, coaches being there, and there's been some shuffling. If they if they lose Reed though, that's a and then then Ward follows Eric Morris to North Texas. Dude, I had the best. I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, what do you think of? Uh, so Van Trees is done at Georgia Southern, right? What do you think of Altmeyer going there? I mean, that would be great. I mean, if you can make Kyle Van Trees something, then. Yeah. We haven't know. heard. I feel like we haven't heard anything about him uh, recently, but I, I like that one. Well, there's that Helton connection. I don't think Austin Reed would ever leave to go to Georgia Southern, but. Yeah. Those, that's family, at least. Um, why do you think Ward goes to North Texas? Just because of the coach? Yeah. Hmm. I just don't know if you go from. He's probably from Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, because he played in uh, at, he played Incarnate in Award, but maybe he stick. Maybe Arbuckle is like, "Yo, let's let's do this thing when he gets there," and then. But that it'll be an interesting dynamic to see. Okay, to see what happens with the chess pieces of Ward, Reed, Morris. Um, There's definitely some dominoes that need to Arbuckle. fall. And then it will certainly cre- like. I don't think Austin Reed. I think he can be. I think Austin Reed can be um, tactical. Like he can just sit there and be good. But if he sees something open, like Washington State, then I could see him do it. But I could see him also not going to the portal if nothing really interesting opens up. Definitely. 
What about Austin Reed in the mesh point offense? That same Hartman. That feels like a good fit. He's mobile. He's like a three yard per carry type guy. I think that could fit. Yeah. I Does it ever, do you ever think about the fact that like Nick Arbuckle is like 29 and we're like it's, in our mid 30s? It's not Nick, it's Ben Arbuckle. Ben Arbuckle, even worse. He has to be related to Nick though, right? Like there's has no way. Be. Yeah. Like these guys are like 28, 29. Gross. And it makes me feel disgusting. Like why I'm 36 and have accomplished what with my my life relative to that <laughs> two beautiful children does that <laughs> count <laughs> and and for and bull and bowl game prospects and and if i mean i'm i'm, I'm fifth in the bull bash is that an accomplishment Dude, that's right I, <laughs> I i came in like somewhere between fourth and seventh last year um don't make don't make the same mistake i did you want that you want someone playing in that last game you want that 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 uh mm. late night hammer i have a lot of action. I don't have a whole lot going on left. I, the the last game is what do I even do? Oh, it, I do have someone in the last game. What game is it? What's last? Well, not the last game. The last game is Penn State Utah. Um, at five p.m. on the second. So tough. But LSU plays Purdue at one p.m. Oh. So I do have a little bit of late action there. Um, but you're, uh, you're rolling Austin Burton at QB. <laughs> anytime you can roll Burton, you got to do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so awesome. Well, hopefully there was somebody that watched live. I doubt it, but uh, you'll get yeah. the podcast version here in a little bit. And hope everybody enjoys this week's games. And we will chat with you guys soon. Bye.